Hello and welcome back to the Female Performance Project podcast with your host, Chloe Salter. Today I'm joined by Grace Webster, also known as Coach Grace, um, who is a badass powerlifter, um, martial arter, and that's definitely not the right term, but <laughs> we're going to run with it, and the owner of Elevated Training Centre, which I'm really excited to talk about. So welcome, Grace, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Chloe, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's We Thank did you. a podcast together last year, didn't we? And we, we kind of chat mm-hmm. on Instagram and stuff. And we share a lot of the same views on training and overtraining and undereating and, you know, how we work with our clients and stuff. So, yeah, what a great guest to have on board. Um, first question I actually want to ask you is if you could only eat one food for the rest <laughs> of your life, and it can be a meal um, as well, like it doesn't have to be just one food, what would that be? It would be the chocolate peanut butter squares from my friend's bakery. So Ooh. <laughs> a friend of mine owns a bakery. It's called La Noisette. It's here in London, Ontario. And she, I used to go there to work. So I, I'm telling you before we started recording, I'm an accountant. I used to go there to do the books for them. And I would always get, they had a roast beef sandwich with like smoked cheddar and arugula and like a garlic aioli. I would get oh that God. grilled sandwich. Yeah. Whatever soup they had. And then the peanut butter square. And peanut butter it's square. just divine. It's like some kind of crust, peanut butter filling, chocolate on top. I even texted her last night. I said, they're going to ask me what's my favorite food <laughs> that I could eat. And she goes, is it peanut butter squares? Oh my so God. That's the one. I love that. For breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. Yeah. I love it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we we like to talk <laughs> about food. Um, I like to talk about food a lot, which is something that will come up all the time in this podcast. So food is great. We love food. I love anything chocolate peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter cups are my fave, fave thing ever. So And this sounds great. Love. And Biscoff, yes. <laughs> there are a lot of Biscoff-related recipes on the Female Performance Project. There, I live for those. I'm like, they're Everything is so good. Um, okay, well, you know, as we as we have just heard as well, you are an accountant as well. So you're an accountant, you have your own gym, and you mm-hmm. are also a, an athlete as well. So you yes. are juggling many things. And this is, you know, amazing and very inspirational. But I want to just start with, like, the powerlifting side of things. Like, yeah. what is the latest with this? Are you competing at the moment? What? Yeah, what's the situation there at the moment? So I got injured. I did a meet in Las Vegas last summer and four days out from that, I got injured. So it turns out that it was bursitis in the end, which... Oh my God. Yeah, I'd kind of been battling with it, but I think with uh, increased body weight, obviously it's putting more strain on the knees with knee bursitis and then also throwing, you know, 300 plus pounds on my back. Uh, it didn't help. So I did end up going to the meet one first place hit prs across the board i had a 930 total so it was wonderful wow. but i shouldn't probably have competed and i'm sure you've felt this before <laughs> every athlete knows that we've probably made a bad decision sometimes continuing to compete even though we're we're injured so i haven't been able to squat since july of last year so oh, wow. i've been doing other things that just make me happy just enjoying movement uh been doing some jogging been doing some muay thai been doing lifting right and deadlifts are fine so i hate bench press but deadlifts are fine uh squats we're just taking it day by day so i'd love to get into a meet i'd love to continue on that path but we have to figure out what the best plan of action is i guess to, to return to powerlifting. so yeah kind of on hiatus do you find it like difficult taking a step back when you're injured and you know kind of thinking like oh well you know I want to kind of go hard but I have to allow my body to recover do you do you struggle with that as an athlete it's the worst and I think like competitive athletes or anyone on a competitive level of anything when you're not able to do that thing that you essentially live for 
it's the worst. I mean, I remember wanting to fight so bad in martial arts, but I'd had too many head injuries. Like I, I sustained mm-hmm. two concussions while I was training. One was from training. One was from falling down the stairs. And even that moment, you know, going from you're up next, you're going to fight next to now you may never fight again or ever. <laughs> they might never spar again. You may never fight. It was really hard. I couldn't even, you know, stand on one leg balanced. I couldn't skip rope. I couldn't do any of that. And the same thing with powerlifting, you know. I know that I can squat 358 pounds, but squatting with the bar now is painful. Yeah. It just, it's, it's like a, it knocks you down a few pegs because you know where you were and you kind of hold yourself to that standard. And I think for me too, I want to be a leader and I want to show people. And so in my brain, even though it's not the right thinking pattern, my brain says like, how can you lead when you can't even do this thing? How can you show other women how to be strong or how can you model things for your students when you can't do it? And that's not the point at all, but that's just where your head goes when you're injured, at least for me. Yeah, that is so true. Like it, it comes from, I think the the thing of taking a step back when you are injured, we know we have to do it and we mm-hmm. all know that it's so much more important to recover. Like we can't just endlessly train and, you know, we, we need to stop at some point and allow ourselves to rest and recover. But it comes from that thing of like, what are other people going to think, especially when you are like, you know, setting an example for your clients and the people you work with. Um, it is that thing of how will people view me? Like, do I, it's also that sense of have I lost some aspect of my identity mm-hmm. if I am not training as hard? Like even dialing down training, I think we can feel like we're doing, we're not quite doing enough as we should be if we're not training hard enough um, and we're having to recover it's like that identity thing like I I'm the person that trains hard and when you have to take a step back suddenly you're not that person anymore and I think it makes you realize how much other aspects that are to your identity than just being an athlete and there's other you know you're a mum and you're an accountant and you have other <laughs> yeah. things as well and it makes you remember that you do have other things and at the end of the day you know we can't define our worth as how hard we train um, and how consistently we continue to push ourselves because at the end of the day that has like a um, a, a life limit on it really doesn't it as well like we have hmm. other things in our lives too. Um, uh, I think it brings things up to the surface too so like one of the things that I had to accept uh, and you deal with this with your your people all the time is is gaining weight when I was doing powerlifting training and that's not to say that everyone has to gain weight during powerlifting but I had spent six seven years in a deficit trying to be lean trying to lose as much weight as possible and then i ended up gaining 50 pounds over the course of powerlifting because i was told you know to take the focus away from the food and eat to perform and then i kind of went overboard but in my brain i could justify okay if i can deadlift 400 pounds it's okay to be big it's fine but then it's like now i'm not training and i'm big so now who's going to take me seriously and again I'm not saying that I would think that about anybody else, but in my head, it's like, they're going to walk in here and be like, look at this person. She's this big fat person. She obviously doesn't know what she's thinking, what she's doing. She doesn't practice what she preaches. But in my head, if I'm competing, then I can justify it. Even when I was doing obstacle racing, I was definitely a bigger athlete, but I wasn't meant for running, but I was dominating the strength aspects of that. So I was doing the carries and the obstacles where you're pulling the heavy bag on the rope and like all those things I could do no problem. Uh, So again, I can justify it by being strong and I'm still strong and I'm still a leader and I'm still hearing from my students that they look up to me. But in my brain, I'm like, who would look up to me when I'm not strong and I'm, I've gained all this weight and not what I used to be and you know how it goes down the rabbit hole. So when you take that step back and your singular focus is not just train, 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 
it brings all that other crap back up to the surface that you never dealt with before. Yeah, it's so true because I think we can often use training and this goes for like, you know, whatever sport we're doing, whatever level we are, we use training as something to kind of um, avoid maybe other things that we we are dealing with or that we don't want to think about ourselves. Like we think, okay, well, you know, at least I can like put myself in this category of, of training hard and it kind of means we don't have to think about other things maybe going on in our life as well or like ways we feel about ourselves because it's like that thing like you were saying about how you think people see you it's no one sees us like the way we see ourselves in the ways Mm -hmm. we talk to ourselves that we talk to ourselves in such horrible ways sometimes like the girls I work with and myself as well like I've done it so many times I catch myself saying things like in a joking way like oh I'm so fat lol and it's like no like you can't throw these things around about yourself because your brain is listening and not just your brain, like everyone else is listening as well. And the more you allow yourself to say things like that about yourself, you know, the the more you do it and the more you kind of manifest it on yourself that you feel horrendous and you feel gross and you don't feel good in yourself. Um, and it's it's not it's not a good place to be. And you wouldn't say these things about, you know, your clients, your friends, your family. You wouldn't say these things to your kids. So why should we say them to ourselves? And no one is thinking these things about us. No, just we're the only people that are thinking them about ourselves. Like no one else would think that. So, well, my coach brought this up. He he was like, I was having a particularly down day where I'm like, I just I can't, I don't want to be this size. I was just having one of those days, and two of my powerlifting heroes are uh, there's a lady named Shireen. I think her last name is Marcel, and then there's Karina Davis, who I interviewed on on podcast recently. They're my heroes in powerlifting, and they're ladies that look like trucks and they can lift so much so unbelievable numbers and my coach christian casey said to me like do you think those ladies give a fuck what anybody thinks about their body size Mm. like they walk around just fine and they're fine and do you think anybody's criticizing them for what they look like no absolutely not so i'm like you know what you're right like and so i started to kind of surround myself with women that are like-minded in that sense of like we're not trying to be the tiniest people possible to to get our worth from that size component but it's it's interesting because i would never say that some flight d woman walked out and ripped you know 600 pounds off the floor i'm never going to be like you know you could you could stand to do a bit of cardio i would never say that (laughs) but when i'm getting dressed in the morning that's what i say to myself (laughs) like you are so freaking strong and you can lift like you could throw a man over the other side of the room if you wanted to like if he crossed you but oh, I should probably go and get on the step of 20 minutes. Like, no, like... <laughs> and what's that going to do? Like, anything? I know. You know? It's ridiculous. I was running for a bit recently, and I really wanted to run to lose weight because I do fall into it frequently. And I was trying to hit this pace that I knew was too advanced for my skill level right now. I mean, I've been a power lifter for a year and a half. I'm so far away from when I used to do obstacle racing and martial arts. And I'm trying to run at this pace, and I couldn't do it, and I actually, like felt my hamstring tear while I was running and then I'm thinking what was I doing that for I did not (laughs) have to no one cares if I run this speed no one but here I am telling myself I'm going to be fat and I'm going to be a bad coach or whatever it is because I'm not running at whatever 15 minute mile yeah (laughs) I think it's it brings up such a good point as well related to what you just said about the powerlifters you looked up to as well they are trucks they are strong they are like Mm -hmm. you know hardcore like there's so many like sports is not a look and it's not 
Like mm-hmm. I talk to some people that say, oh, I don't look like I train. And it's like, but what are you training? Like you train, there's so many different things. We could be, yeah. you know, powerlifters. You could be a sumo wrestler. You could be a ballet dancer. Like you have all these different physiques in sports and your body's going to respond to the different things you do in terms of how you're training and how you're trying to achieve something. So, you know, for example, like we are quite similar in the sense that you're powerlifting. You want to be strong. You want to be muscular. You want to be able to lift heavy. You need to be strong. And that requires lots of fuel and it requires like, you know, mass and, you know, we need to be strong, we need to be muscular. It's the same with me in off season. Like my goal is to get as jacked as possible. I need yes. to put on weight in order to do that. And that's just the way it is. Like, you know, I go from the extreme of just being like, you know, a lean little stick that might snap in half to just (laughs) you know being like a a truck as well like and it's so important to know that sports has so many different levels and body shapes and types and that is what makes sport amazing is the fact there's not just one sport in the world but we Mm -hmm. all have to be good at everything and we all have to look the same this sport is is varied and it's different you know you look at the olympics you see all these different athletes the sport is that's the wonderful thing about it is there's so many different types and and shapes and and all these things so you know it's it's the what what are you training for and what is the what is the aim what is your goal so always relate it back to that like i think if people are worried about weight gain and things like that there is a time and place for weight gain there's a time and place for weight loss but it's like thinking you know does this serve you and is it what you actually want to achieve and i think it's thinking about your sport as i'm training for the sport i'm not training for how to look I'm training for the sport and your body is a byproduct of how you're training and eating. Oh in relation yeah. hundred percent. So I see photos of me when all I did was martial arts and CrossFit, when all I did was obstacle racing, when all I did was powerlifting and you can see my body looks vastly different right now. I'm yeah. like a giant square <laughs> because that's what I've needed to be for a while. But when I was only doing martial arts, I was very lean and you know, I was very fast and everything else. So it's like, yeah, you can definitely see that reflection. You can kind of follow somebody's journey and it's, I, I think it's just because we're surrounded by this messaging of, uh, and, I, and I won't name the Instagram influencer, but where he's he's the one that tells you to go to the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it's so much easier to be a fat fuck and there's no excuses and you are you can't blame it on genetics and this and that. I'm just thinking like, what a terrible message. Mm. It's, I agree, go to the gym. Like you should. Yes. It's going to make you feel great. It's going to create great hormones. It's going to help you feel better overall. But also you don't have to look like a bodybuilder no to enjoy going to the gym and to be worth something exactly even bodybuilders don't know like bodybuilders i don't look like a bodybuilder and even like... bodybuilders don't have this <laughs> yeah, like we would look at you and be like holy crap she looks incredible and then you're like oh, pit, you know or whatever <laughs> <laughs> everyone has these these things and like i think we just pick apart like everything mm-hmm. so much and like the most important thing is your health at the end of the day like yes it's you know it's important to move it's important to be active and 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 feel yourself well and be healthy that is that is the main thing and it's it's what your health looks like and everyone's health looks different as well like you know some people you know need to you know gain body fat in order to be healthy because we have lived in this society where it's not acceptable to be bigger like i i personally i know it's hard to actually pinpoint where that comes from but there it, there is this this narrative somewhere that we've kind of all grown up with is like oh well if you don't want to get too big like and it's like where does that come from and what is the problem with that and i think that's why we worry so much about that weight gain it's not because we're actually you know some of us need to gain weight to be healthier but we worry so much about it because of what we think you know people are going to think of us and and the, the kind of maybe stigma that comes with it as well mm-hmm. um which can be can be really hard but in terms of 
like moving along from body image i love discussing this but (laughs) kind of looking at like juggling everything as well like with the obviously we have expectations as female coaches on our bodies that we've kind of discussed but in terms of work-life balance and managing everything like you know you have recently like i know you opened your gym at the end of last year i think 2023 um talk to me about how you kind of manage that with everything else going on as well well yeah so opening the gym was uh it was kind of a i wouldn't i don't want to call it a spur of the moment decision but last winter there was a period of a few weeks where i realized that the life i had created for myself was not in alignment anymore with what Mm. i wanted to do and so even though I knew that it was going to be a struggle and, you know, launching a business, especially by yourself with no partners and stuff like that involved, it's a grind. And I've done it already before 20 years ago. I just knew that, like, I wanted to create something so special and different. Like, I kind of wanted to upset the fitness industry in the city that I live in. We have a huge variety of different fitness things here. We've got a lot of CrossFit gyms. We have a lot of martial arts gyms. There's a very famous gym with a lot of UFC fighters here. So there's a lot of options for people. But one thing that I noticed a space that was missing was like people who just want to enjoy movement. And it took me a while to kind of land on exactly what I wanted, but I didn't want to be a weight loss gym. And I didn't Mm. want to be a specific niche sport because I am a multi-sport athlete and I love trying different things. And I think it's really fun to try different things. And so I thought it was just super important to create that. So even though, you know, I had a, I had a chat with my kids. They're a little older than they were, you know, a few years ago. Um, when, when I started the last business, they were not old enough to be left at home. So this time they're old enough to be at home doing their own thing. Like teenagers, I said, like, I got to devote some time over here. And they said, you know, do, you got to do this mom. It's what makes you happy. And, you know, accounting pays the bills. It's definitely great for income generation, but it's not exactly a rewarding career. And what I found with the training I was doing with people was shifting their mindset, working more on that more on the underlying things, celebrating what we can do with our bodies. Like I was running boot camps. I, I ran a watermelon crushing boot camp for ladies where they crush that. watermelons. <laughs> that was a three month boot camp where women had to gain weight intentionally. And oh I my told God, them, that is the best. Yeah. You got to gain, we're working on your legs. It was like a bodybuilding and strength type thing where we were building our muscles in our legs. And I told them, you're going to have to buy new shorts and you're going to be okay with and I found that really rewarding at the end to watch them doing this thing that they thought there's no possible way. Grace can only do it because she's huge. I'm like, no. So I did have someone who was medically underweight. And she, I said, I don't care if you have to go to McDonald's and get a milkshake after your workout. You're mm-hmm. getting those calories and just do what you got to do to get the calories bumped up. And then mm-hmm. she was able to achieve it. And that to me was so rewarding. That is such a good goal to have, yeah. isn't it? We oh my gosh, I love pull this. Pull-up boot camp where, you know, women can't do pull-ups, quote unquote. And these ladies were like, mm-hmm. you can't do pull-ups, you can't do pull-ups, you can do pull-ups. Give me three months. And everybody did a pull-up. And so it's like, that to me was so important. And building a community through fitness was what I wanted. Not, uh, you know, just coming here to to hit the bag or coming here to hit a PR on the squad. It was more like, we're here to build community and we're using fitness as that avenue. So that was what we wanted. And so for juggling it, I didn't train. That's the one thing I did give up. I didn't train from after my meet until just recently I started training again. And I'm still not super consistent. But I had to had to keep my focus on running the accounting and, and trying to actually grow that so that I can fund this in, in the event that it didn't grow as quickly as we thought, which is what happened. It didn't it didn't explode. We had a business plan. We had some I had some people that were gonna be working here and stuff like that and, and just everything kind of uh didn't work out the way that we initially envisioned. So I've just been 
we're trying to do some advertising. We're trying to just focus on our people that are already here and really nurturing them. Mm-hmm. And it will grow in the way that it's meant to grow. So that's yeah. that's how we juggle it. I just I'm just here all day doing my paperwork and people are now starting to come in all day and they just let themselves in, do their open gym workouts and that's kind of how it goes. Nice. It's so cool. Like I feel like it's obviously the the ways you've implemented that and you've the focus you've had on you know those those really cool goals that aren't just like oh we're going to do a, a challenge to lose five pounds it's like it's you know we're going to do a pull up we're going to smash a watermelon with our legs like this is this yeah. is awesome and that's obviously what's helped you grow because you've you know there's these people that it shows us that people want these goals like people actually want to be strong and fit and do cool stuff um because i remember when you said about opening you were like oh i'm i think i'm gonna open this gym and then suddenly you <laughs> open and you're like oh it's it's going so well it's it was it happened <laughs> like from you know looking at what's going on it it looked like it happened fast so it's obviously working very well um which is amazing um you kind of mentioned about you know uh, things like the pull-up challenge and stuff as well and saying to girls that are maybe underweight and in order to you know be able to be stronger to accomplish those tasks they do have to eat more do mm-hmm. you see that as something that girls in the gym struggle with like eating more gaining muscle gaining weight things like that yeah i find the biggest piece for women is the nutrition piece Mm. and i get a lot of texts from women and i always tell them like just text me anytime if i'm working with you on nutrition you text me anytime you got a question shoot me a picture of the label and i'm going to answer it for you and the number one question i get and probably the number one question you get is this good is this good and i'm like I don't know. Does it taste good? Do you like it? <laughs> and there was one client like nice. three days in a row. Can I have this? Yeah. Next day. Can I have a glass of wine? Sure. Can I have this dessert? Yeah. And she kept being like, what? She's mad. <laughs> she wanted me to tell her no. I'm like, no, you can eat. And I said to her, you can eat anything at any time. And it, and you could see the gears just kind of grinding to a halt in her brain. And she just couldn't compute that. Mm. And I said, and this was like Olivia Onid, who I mentioned to you yesterday, who I guess you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. She said that to me and it blew my mind when I worked with her for nutrition coaching. Because I'm like, what do you mean I can eat anything at any time? And I remember the moment it clicked for me was when I went to, uh, it was like an all-you-can-eat Christmas party type thing. And I had like a small little plate of pasta and it wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh. And I just put it away. And she goes, yeah, you did that because you knew you can have pasta whenever you want. So you didn't feel the need to just gorge on it because it was there and it's a prohibited food. And getting that through to ladies is such a difficult task. And I think if we go back to the last, you know, several decades of commercials in, in Canada, anyway, we've got these like lean cuisines and 250 calorie lunches, which my god like man that's great for a snack i guess i don't know and (laughs) trying to tell them you know this is how many calories you need i'm some ladies that come in they're eating 1100 calories a day i know you've seen this too yeah and you're just like no girl you got to be eating 1800 calories and they just they can't do it they tell me they can't fit it in i'm like gotta find a way you know and so i give them protein shakes and i give them stuff that they're gonna like or i make you know black bean brownies and bring them in and leave them in the desk i'm like you eat this Mm. And they're starting to kind of make that shift of just because it tastes good doesn't mean it's prohibited food. Yeah, And I love seeing them slowly get better at that because mm. the, the, they say, you know, here's my, my fitness journal or, or my fitness pal. Here's yeah. the, the journal for the day. How did I do? I'm like, how do you feel? How did you sleep? How was your workout? I'm like, yeah, calories are great. You hit your goal. But I'm not going to get into the minutia of you had chicken nuggets. I don't care if you had chicken nuggets. Did you hit your protein goal? Did you get sleep? Did you get water? 
and they slowly stop asking me, is it okay if I eat X? <laughs> and, and that's like the biggest thing for me is I want to get that through everyone's brain that once you have that freedom around that part of it, then you can do whatever you want. Mm. It is it is so true. And it is often, I think, when you first start talking with someone you've just started working with and they and they say, oh, can I have this? You know, I'm going out for a meal. Oh, what do I do? And it starts off like that. And all the questions are based on, I didn't get it. They say, you know, I didn't get it right. And it's like, well, it's not wrong or right. It's, it is, like you said, it's how you feel in yourself. Like, did you train well? Did you sleep well? Do you, do you feel strong? Do you feel energetic? You know, how's your digestion? All these things. And, you know, it's it's not about being right or choosing good foods over bad foods. There's no good or bad food. It's just it's just mm -hmm. food and, and what we choose to enjoy. Like some foods you're gonna enjoy, some foods you're not. And you don't want to have, you know, there's no point in having anything you don't like and things you do want to have, you need to have them in there. But it is that thing of if you allow yourself to just see all food as things you have the permission to have anything you want to have if you really want it. As soon as you give yourself that permission, you're like, oh, okay, so I could have this now, but I don't need to have it now. But if I choose to have it, it doesn't make me a bad person and nothing's going to happen. Yeah, the world isn't going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. Like I always say to people, especially with like overeating and stuff, like people worry that if they go out for a meal or they have something different, like say they have a piece of chocolate because they're not used to having it. They think that they can't just have one piece. They have to eat the whole bar or they're going to turn into like a crazy person. It's like, oh my God, I have to eat everything in sight because I had one piece of chocolate. And I understand because I've been there. Um, but it's that thing of being like, okay, instead of being like, I can only have this tiny piece or this tiny thing, or I can't have it. If you give yourself the permission to a have it and b have more than it, more of it than you think you can, you'll find you actually probably aren't that fussed on it. Mm -hmm. If you can have it any time, it doesn't become a thing that you're like, oh, this, you know, this this special thing I can only have when I'm off plan or there's no off plan, there's no on plan. Cheat it's just day. what you choose to do. Cheat day. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. It's the YouTube videos of of people like, oh, well, I ate everything I wanted in 24 hours. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Just, Just eat what you horrendous. want through the week. Yeah. Or make recipes that are flavors that you like that might be more macro-friendly. Some yeah. things out. If, if, if that's really your concern and you really mm -hmm. have a goal where you must stay within a calorie goal, then just make your favorites in a different way that yeah. still tastes great and you can still enjoy it. Yeah. That's, I, it's, it's so tough and disheartening because having been there and having binge eating disorder and understanding that like I've been on the couch you know with my hands around my knees afraid to even go in the kitchen because I have mm. been in that zone of like if I have one thing it's going to be the end of it and I'm going to yeah. eat everything and then you start to go down the rabbit hole of then I'm going to look like this and feel like this and I have mm -hmm. to starve myself and all that it's just so disheartening to know that that's what they're going through as well and so like if mm. I can even help them and, and that's why I say just text me just tell yeah. me if you're not sure just text me text me a picture of your meal in a restaurant and I'll send you back a thumbs up. It's great. Eat it. Eat the garlic bread with cheese. I don't care. <laughs> You're yeah, fine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, just like letting people know that it's not, I think we feel alone in that kind of thing. We think mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'm the only person that does this. Or, you know, we think about when we go out, maybe people go out for occasions or go out for a meal with people. They think <gasps> they're the only person on that table out of everyone there that can't fully enjoy the meal and they are special and that if they have that meal out it's going to impact them more like they're going to gain a load of weight from having a meal out or eating a piece of chocolate or something but oh. knowing that everyone has well i think a lot most people have these kind of thoughts around food and it's normal mm -hmm. because of the the world we live in where there's so much focus on it it's normal to have those thoughts and feelings and i think if we know we're all feeling that way 
at least we can learn and you know from each other and what works in terms of allowing ourselves to kind of heal those relationships with food and, and things like that I think if we know we're all kind of we're all working on it and it's something that knowing that you may have those thoughts still like however hard you work on these things you may still have those thoughts but every single time you have something that you wanted to have and you eat to a good level of fullness every time you do that you're winning a little bit more so it's just mm. the improvements we make every time we kind of deal with those feelings and getting better every time at dealing with it as well um so a lot of your girls you know they're struggling with that kind of eating more and stuff how do you so you've said how you kind of talk with them about you know getting more food in and stuff mm -hmm. how do you kind of frame to people the importance of maybe not like eating but about training I expect you have quite a lot of girls there that maybe want to train really hard often too much maybe over training do you have that issue with any of your members or anything currently everyone's on a pretty good path uh they nice. understand the importance of recovery and i always tell them you know listen to your body like if you can't do it today and you still want to come in because you can't sleep at night we're going to take it easy right mm -hmm. there's a girl in here yesterday you could tell she'd been up all weekend and we had a holiday monday and so last night she just looked really tired and she's got some personal stuff going on too so i said if you're not feeling it you don't have to push it but then in the end, she ended up kind of getting a second wind and she she did push through some movements that she thought she wasn't able to do. And I think that helped her mentally kind of get over that hump. But I always say to them, you know, if you're really not feeling it and you must work out, then you're going to go light because you still need to recover. You're obviously not recovered. And I always try to stress the importance of like if you're not performing at the level that you hoped or the, the level you were at yesterday, it's probably because either you didn't get enough calories, you didn't get enough sleep, you're not recovered some, in some way, or you're stressed out or some other thing. And so overtraining is never the answer. Pushing yourself to the limit every single day is a mistake I made <laughs> and a lot of people make. And I even tell people, I said it yesterday, I have two speeds. I'm either training or not training. I don't have a dial <laughs> and learn from my mistakes. <laughs> mm. And so, you know, I always stress recovery and we're not, we don't have classes on weekends, really. We have some martial arts going on, just some lighthearted stuff. We don't have our weightlifting classes on the weekend because I want to make sure, even if those people are coming Monday to Friday, they do get those two days to sit and chill from the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if someone is having a tough time and they're really feeling weak, I just kind of go over like, hey, did you eat today? Were you, were you able to get a good meal in a couple hours ago? Or, you know, what's your plan for tonight? And I always, when they're leaving, I either like will give them food because <laughs> they give them food I on their way out. I need yeah, that. I, yesterday it was these little spinach pies someone dropped off. I have fruit, I have yogurt, I have protein shakes. I'm like handing it to the ones that look like they need it. And I'm like, <laughs> go have a good dinner. And they're like, they're like, okay. We talk a lot about food during class too. And then they're like, you're making us hungry. Good. I hope I am. <laughs> good. Yes. <laughs> so, that's kind of how we manage it, but we don't have too many people that are like constantly overdoing it, but I do try to step in if I see it and because mm. I'll notice in their performance and then that you see the ladies that are like getting down on themselves in their own head. They, they've got that look on their face like I'm not good enough and it's just you are enough. <laughs> you just need to eat a little bit more or sleep a little bit more or take it easy for one day. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a massive thing. Like we, we talk about under eating, but we I think there was this whole thing where people were saying oh you know well you can't it's not about overtraining it's about under recovering but then if you're not taking days off from training you're literally not going to recover um yeah. and there's only so much food you can eat until it gets to a point where you don't feel good because you've eaten too much so mm -hmm. we can't get to, we can't overfuel. we can't get to the point where we can fuel so much that we can train all day like it doesn't work like that you have to be able to take a step back so it is really important as well 
in terms of powerlifting, do you get girls kind of coming into the gym and being like, oh, this is something I really want to kind of try and get pretty strong at? Do you bring girls to like get girls to meet and things like that as well? We're going to be doing that. So our competitive powerlifting coach has a, a Team Canada athlete. And nice. then there's so and so she's uh, she hit a 485 hex bar deadlift the other day. And I just was like head in my hand. <laughs> I can't get this far behind her. Yeah, she's crazy strong, I, unbelievably strong. And uh, she's also, I think she's about 47, 48 years old. She's overcome some addictions issues in her life. And so that's an incredible story. Uh, and so she, she rose to the top within a couple of years of starting powerlifting. So she's very inspirational. Um, and there is a lady that wants to get back into competing. She's 72. She's been to Worlds four times in her life. She's just beat cancer. And she's in here three times a week powerlifting. And oh I was gosh. helping her. She was trying to rip a 225 off the floor. And I was right there cheering her on, you know, and didn't quite get the luck out, but she's there. She's she's so determined. And I was like, every time someone comes in, I'm like, you need to go say hi to Linda because she's the best. Like, she's just everyone's inspiration right now, this lady. And she was a single mom and she came out of an abusive relationship and she was a prison guard for like, her career. So toughest lady I've ever met. And uh, so those ladies are helping to inspire and, and me too. I mean, and we've got, we always try it. We have a wall behind me with any medals or trophies that anyone wins can go on the wall so everyone can see it. And we also have a goal board where you can rate your goals. And so we do have some ladies that are looking to get into it, but there's a little bit of fear of it. It is very difficult sport. It's mm. stressful on the body. Uh, one girl, one girl doesn't want to do it because she doesn't want to pee on the platform. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you might not even do it. Don't worry about it. But uh, they, I, there's a definite overriding thought of I can't because I'm a mentor. I could never. Okay. Like someone, said, someone sent me a message. When I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> it was like one, one of the female students. And I'm like, just come to the gym and I can show you. She's like, no, I could never. Like, never say never. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. an average person that decided to pick some stuff off the ground. So we're hoping to get that going. I was thinking my 40th birthday is coming. I was thinking of having like a deadlift party for my birthday. Deadlift party. Really <laughs> sounds very good. Yeah. A lady's in here for deadlifts and cake. I think that'd be a great day. Deadlifts. <laughs> sounds really good, actually. So yeah. throw some weight around, eat some food. Sounds perfect, yeah. to be honest. Um, I love that. Yeah, it is. I think a lot of, you know, in terms of people getting into new sports, especially something like powerlifting, which is, you know, it's everyone lifts so heavy it's like you've got to be strong you know you've got to really it's you have to put a lot of intention into the lifts I know that sounds a bit weird but it is because you have to no, really that's exactly right. have to not be yeah not be afraid of the weights and things like that so it's not like just kind of you know going into the gym like I do and just doing some bicep curls it's actually like intentionally lifting a bit more so buildings it's not sport don't sell yourself short. <laughs> but it's that it's I... that self-limiting belief isn't it that people have in terms of when they start a new sport there's there's no rhyme or reason. It's just, oh, well, I can't do that. And it's like, well, you know, maybe you can if you, you know, break it down and don't look at the whole big picture of being like, well, I have to be able to deadlift 500, you know, pounds or whatever. Um, it's kind of changing that that narrative that you have about about doing new sports and about how you, you know, the things you can make your body achieve as well. I, I think with powerlifting, it, the second you get in your head, it's over. It's almost like fighting. Like the second mm. you're afraid of your opponent, that's it. You're done. You cannot yeah. be afraid of that person. You have to trust your skills and your body and your training. And with powerlifting, I've seen ladies trying to hit PRs uh, at the old gym. This happened a lot where it, they'd rip something off the floor. No problem. No effort whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, great. And we add 10 pounds aside. And I'm like, let's go. And it's heavier than what they've previously done. But I can see as a coach, I can see they have this. But they think 
that's heavy. And then as soon as you think that's, well, of course it's heavy, you're lifting mm-hmm. a heavy weight. But once they think it's heavy, they forget everything else that their body already knows how to do. And I've yeah. seen them not be able to pick it up off the floor at all. It just sits there or they get it halfway up and they give up because they're like, it's heavy, it's heavy, it's heavy. Like, yeah, it's heavy, but just stand up. Or, you know, or, and like, that's all you got to do. And once, once you're in your head, <clears throat> excuse me, once you're in your head, it's game over. So you just yeah. have to think like on my meets, my coach doesn't tell me what I'm lifting. I have no idea. At the, the Bad Bitches Only meet at Fighter Quit in Vegas, they announced everyone's final deadlift attempt. And we walked down this cool aisle with like a smoke machine and everything. And, and I cool. heard what I was about to lift. And I kind of looked at my coach and he's like, just don't worry about it. Like, just <laughs> don't. But his thing is like, don't think about lifting the weight. Think about pushing the floor. It's like, just mm-hmm. push the floor away from you as fast as you can, as hard as you can. And don't stop until they tell you to put it down. And not knowing how much it is is now something that I've done with people. They're like, how much is up? Don't worry about it. Just yeah. pick it up. Yeah. It's, Leave that it's part the, the thought, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I've worked in so many gyms since I started in this industry. And one of the biggest things I remember always kind of coming up against, like, when training people in, you know, in real life is people saying, oh, well, it's heavy. It's like, well, yeah, of course it's it is. Point. But you could still, it doesn't mean you can't pick it up. Like that doesn't mean you can't, you know, go for it. It's it's and it is that mindset, like you said. As soon as you, as soon as you kind of think, oh well, I can't do it. You, it, your mindset is a hundred percent the thing that gets you gets you there. Like you, you know, the amount more you can lift, and the amount more you can push yourself when you just have those thoughts that you can do it. And it's just changing changing that narrative from like I can't to I can. Um, yeah. And it's it can be that simple. Um, and I think we you know we forget that that it actually can be that simple. Um, so yeah, I think I kind of I think we've covered so much stuff. The only thing I'd say is just like what tips would you give girls wanting to get into a sport like powerlifting if they kind of hadn't done it before and they wanted to just go for it? Number one tip would be hire a coach. Like yeah. definitely don't try to be a powerlifter on your own. I mean, I know ladies and and when I talked to Karina, she said she didn't have a coach and she should have put her meat and they were like, "You don't have a coach? What's wrong with you?" But she just followed a program uh, and she got herself there. But I think. When I was lifting before, I was always strong. But once I switched over to be with a powerlifting coach, it was small tweaks in my form. My squat blew up over 100 pounds in a matter Mm. of five months. That's unbelievable. But it's just these little tweaks that they know. They have the knowledge of how to brace your core, how to breathe properly, how to manage your lift, the right equipment that you need, because you can't just go to a sports store and buy some random equipment. You need proper powerlifting equipment to help you it's just going to accelerate your growth, right? And so mm. number one, coach that knows what they're doing. Number two, if you don't know anything about nutrition, get a nutrition coach because they're going to explain to you the very real <laughs> impacts of under eating or eating the wrong thing when you're trying to achieve something in a strength sport. Mm. Um, so that would be huge because I think, you know, people want to be strong but then they don't want to eat and they don't want to get big and all of this stuff and so it's like managing that especially for women i think would be nutrition coach and skills coach and then just just go for it you can do it mm-hmm. i mean and i think of too like powerlifting at least it's a barbell it's not like strong man <laughs> picking up a rock off the ground that seems way harder for me than just picking up a barbell with some plates on the side and you have it's like such a, a great community yeah yeah a truck just dragging a truck <laughs> it's such a wonderful community though i found my confidence like the eating disorder stuff is so much less of a focus in my life. Like it flares up occasionally, but mm-hmm. um, 
being surrounded by these women that just celebrate you. And when you're on the platform, everyone is cheering for you. And even like, you know, they show up and there's people there that they might have come with. Everyone wants you to hit that lift. And mm -hmm. everyone, when, when they miss a lift, everyone in the crowd is like, oh, it's too bad. You know, no one's like, yeah, she sucks. We, we want to see her. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. It's such a wonderful community. And when you hit that, every single person in that place is cheering. And whether you win or not, it doesn't matter. You've gone there and you've done your best and you've looked like a badass on the stage. So it's a really cool feeling. And there's not a lot of barriers to entry as well. You know, like I know for like your sport, there's a lot of stuff going on before you can even get up on a stage. And, and then to become a pro, competition after competition after competition. Powerlifting, you just pay your fee and you go. And mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's nice. And it is accessible as well because you can do it in most in pretty much any gym. Um, yeah, when so I was in between cool. two gyms, when I left my old gym uh, to start the new one, I was just going to a public gym and yeah. scaring the pants off people for sure. But like, <laughs> they were like, what's happening over here? But yeah, like you can just bring your bag and bring your equipment and liquid chalk so you're not making a nuisance out of yourself and you can do it anywhere. As yeah. long as you have a barbell and some plates and some dumbbells, you're good to go. Yeah. It's like that raw strength. It's like real strength, like proper, you know, caveman strength. Was, like whoa. so many people were like staring at me, and I remember texting my coach. Like when I was in prep too, I was at um, a gym in Florida, and I said, like, "People looking at me, like they're judging me." Goes, "No, they're not judging you. You're just a powerlifter in the public yeah. gym, and they're not used to it." And now, when I was training for the second meet, there was one guy in the rack next to me that was just like jaw on the floor, staring. <laughs> Like, sorry, <laughs> but I was just like, under my breath, like, what does he want? Like, what's his problem? And then I re-racked, took my headphones off, went to log my lift. And he's like, holy crap, you're so strong. Can you help me with my deadlift? Oh my God. And I was like squatting. And so I said, well, yeah, of course. But that, you know, you automatically assume your brain goes to that negative place that they're staring at me because they hate me. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. you walk in as a power lifter into a public gym and it's not something people are used to and, the, and they're like, it's kind of inspiring for them too. So it's kind of fun, you know, to help other people if you're into that. <laughs> I, I just get into coach mode as soon as someone asks me a question, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to help you because I know yeah. how rewarding it's been for me. So I think, yeah. you know, yeah, it's accessible anywhere. They're going to help other people. You're going to grow as a person. I think it's a great sport. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's nice to kind of highlight that thing of just, you know, you share your sport with other people and, mm -hmm. you know, you never know where that can lead that person as well because that's how, you know, we've all started somewhere with our sport and probably it was from learning from someone else just like that as well. So that's really cool. Um, okay, so, oh, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so, so yeah, much. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, just, like, give us some info on where we can learn more, like your Instagram and then, you know, website for the gym and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at train with coach grace. My gym is linked in my bio. It's elevated training center. So it is at elevated.trainingctr. So we are located in the other London, uh, London, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> so anyone that is in the Southern Ontario area, of course, welcome to come anytime. Uh, but we do online programming as well. So you can find everything there at those two Instagrams. And I do have the Coach Grace podcast as well, which has been kind of on hiatus while I focus on other things, but we'll be we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And pending a trip for me over to Canada yes, to come visit. <laughs> get over here. I know I'm always like telling everyone, like, you gotta come here, but, uh, you know, of course you have to see Niagara Falls and the CN Tower and 
come here and lift. <laughs> yeah. The real thing is the elevated training center. Like that's, that's what we the, all want to see. Yeah, this is what we want. We're getting Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me thank today. You so much for um, having me. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will talk to you all again soon. Bye bye.